What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Amanda, and welcome to Hey Sugar Podcast, bringing you spoonfuls of inspiration, motivation, and love. It has been a minute, you know, since I've talked to my guest and her daughters. You know, we're still talking about mothers and Mother's Day. I'm a mom. I know you can't believe it, but I am. I know, I know. Melon popping. But yeah, I'm a mom. And uh, tonight we have my girl, Gina. I haven't seen her in forever, so it's good to reconnect with her on the podcast. But we're going to be talking about her relationship with her mom. You guys heard that in the other episode that we've had in the past and then also her relationship with her daughters which is so dope and uh i just love them i love their relationship i love seeing them travel here and there you're gonna learn a lot more about gina so put your hands together and give it up for my girl gina Farrar. yes 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 queen yes (laughs) what's up gina Hi, Amanda. I miss you much and much and much. And we have to get together soon. Yes, we do. I miss you too. But it's so good to see you. Um, we made it through 2020, right? Yes, we did. Yes. And, and are we still in 2020? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Feels like it. <laughs> Let's do the time warp again. I don't know. <laughs> Feels like it, right? Sometimes I don't know what day it is. I'm still trying to get my flow, you know. Uh, in 2021, but it's it's a better year and it's good to reconnect with friends and sisters. So, Gina, introduce your daughters, your beautiful daughters. Okay, so uh, my firstborn is Amber Loren. Hello. Hello. <laughs> she is 29 years old. Uh, she is a barista and an artist, mm-hmm. U- ultimate creative. She can uh-huh. do all things creative. Uh, my youngest daughter is 27. It's Brooke Jasmine. Hello. We don't get to use their middle names much, so I'm just going to throw that in there. <laughs> and she is also an artist and a barista. She has also a licensed pilot. So my oh. girls are multi-talented, and they're actually best friends with each other as well. So we're travel buddies, and we're we're, we're navigating adulthood together now. Which is wild, right? Didn't realize I made it into adulthood. It just sort of happened. Happened and we're all struggling together. It's good times. Oh my gosh. Wow. So do you like to be called Jasmine? Like, what do you, your mom's just throwing your names out there. What, what's your name, your preference? Just Brooke is typically what people call me. They call me Brookie occasionally, but I rarely hear my middle name because that was reserved for when I was doing something wrong as a child. Mm-hmm. I heard my middle name and I knew... That I needed to stop very quickly, whatever (laughs) I was doing. (laughs) Okay, so I won't call you out like that. (laughs) You're standing at attention, huh? Like, what what, what did I do? (laughs) Some PTSD. Right, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you you hear that name when you're in the store, whatever. You're like, oh my gosh, what? (laughs) I'm sorry. Deer in the headlights, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Middle names are just for parents. That's they, all it is. Really oh, my I, God. I parent myself now. If I don't like what I'm doing, I'll use my middle name on myself. <laughs> <laughs> Set that. yourself straight. Huh? Yeah. 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 <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Put it together, girl. 
Yeah. Oh gosh. Oh my gosh. Now you can see why I love these girls, man. <laughs> Hilarious. I remember when we ran into each other in Target. Like that was like the best. <laughs> that, was that during the pandemic? Yes. Yeah, yeah it was. Was yes. that pre-mask? No. No. Yeah. It was during. It was during. definitely wearing masks. Really? Yeah. 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 Wow. It, I feel like it was like closer to like July or August though. Like it was not in the beginning. It was kind of mid middle a little bit. Okay. Yeah, that was that was hilarious in itself. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's like can we um, hug, hug 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 yes hug no hug? I'm like, what <laughs> that's how I remember. So I was like, right. am I allowed to hug you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was just it was a lot going on but man that's hilarious so we're not here to talk about target and, and ptsd and uh your middle name and <laughs> talking to yourself in third person i'll be honest we're not here to talk about that we're here to talk about relationships and moms but so gina let's let's do a little recap from um our last episode that we did together talking about your experience um with your own mother, and then how, um, when you found out you were going to be a mom, how did uh, that kind of, uh, I don't know, awaken the things that you have experienced and you've healed from in your new journey of being a mom? So the shortest recap I can give is my mom was 18 when she got pregnant with me. And so we did a lot of growing up together. And because she was not prepared, She was not emotionally able to be present for me, emotionally able to to be open to my emotions. Mm -hmm. And we kind of had reverse roles. She used to say we grew up together. So it was an unusual situation in that way because my natural personality is kind of a take charge and take care. And Mm -hmm. so I just slipped into that role really young. And so we had a little bit of an enmeshment where she relies on me for her emotional needs and support. Mm-hmm. And as I grew up, I realized that that was happening and I was trying to figure out how I could pull back from that. And when I got married, like 20 days later, I got pregnant. It was so fast. Wow. And I, and I realized that I wanted to have a specific kind of home. I wanted to have peace in my walls. I didn't want the the anger and the yelling and the fear that I had grown up under. And so my mom loved me, don't get me wrong, but her emotional capacity limited her ability to be there mm-hmm. and to also control her own emotions because her her cup was so empty. And so it wasn't neglect on the on the part of meaning to be neglectful. It was just the best she could do was the best she could do. And I've had to really learn that as a mom. And so when I, when I got pregnant with Amber, I had this huge growth curve in my own relationship with myself and anger and all the things that were going on inside of me. So my 20s were really spent uh, having babies and trying to figure out how to be a mom mm. in the ideal that I had in my mind, which was I wanted to have a, a good relationship with my children. I wanted it to be healthy. And I had to figure out what that looked like. And of course, in their early years, I was still figuring it out. So the the bulk of my emotional mistakes would have definitely been early on when they were little. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so I did a lot of apologizing and they will they will back me on this. I was like, should I just wear a shirt that says 
I'm sorry. I did it again. You know, like before we start anything, let me just apologize. So I just really felt that one of my first steps was I listened to Dr. Dobson focus on the family and learned what discipline was, Mm -hmm. you know, that discipline is not you're making me mad. I don't like what you're doing, but it's a disobedience issue. Mm -hmm. So I, I quickly learned that parenting is, this is how you deal with the heart of your child. And just because you don't like what they're doing doesn't mean they're bad or wrong. So I really had to, I actually had to learn mm. race and understanding the difference between I'm irritated and what, what really deserves discipline. Right. And one of the other things I did was I limited myself um, for, for punishment, if you will. Like mm. I decided ahead of time and I made sure that for myself, I knew what, what the, penalty was for what the sin was, if you will. And I held myself to that. And some, you know, so I found that for me, it was a growth in grace and understanding um, how to be emotionally available, hold a space for them, but also not expect them to always be my uh, emotional, like whoopee, if you will, you know, mm-hmm. I wanted them to be independent of me. And I think that's been a journey um, because I over communicate They've heard these things a thousand times <laughs> a year, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have short memories, so it's, it's good to hear things several times. Right. <laughs> Feels like I heard it yesterday, but maybe I don't know. Yeah. You never know. I need to hear it again, probably. <laughs> so you did a lot of uh, a lot of growing and healing during the time when you first got pregnant. I did, and. Mm-hmm. And I was really, it's, it's the grace of God because for me to even be aware yeah. that I could do things differently, you know, because it was mm-hmm. very much, I want to do things differently, but not having the tools to necessarily do things differently. I went quickly to find someone to help me mm-hmm. figure that out. And I was discipled um, when, when she was a baby and when I was pregnant with her and I had a, a woman named Bonnie, she discipled me for five to six years. So during their formative years, I was being actively discipled in my walk as a wife and a mother. Mm. And you know how amazing that is because you you think about it during that time when Amber was born, uh, self-awareness was not a thing, right? We weren't taught like, oh, you need to be self-aware. And for you to even have that revelation in the beginning of, you know, of your marriage in the beginning of you being a new mom is amazing. First of all, I applaud you for that, for even seeking uh, counsel from anybody to start making the necessary changes because you saw how your relationship with your mom was. You even loved her. Yes, you did. But you wanted to create a more healthy environment for your girls. So you sought Council, which is amazing. So you talked about how you did a lot of apologizing and everything. Maybe probably when they were teenagers, and and oh, so it started early <laughs> because when really? yes, yeah, when they were little, if I overreacted, which was more often than not, unfortunately, because I was mm-hmm. still trying to figure out how to deal with anger because mm-hmm. that had been such a a normal emotion in the home that I grew up in mm-hmm. that I would have to say, "Mommy was." was wrong. I shouldn't have talked to you like that. Mm. Forgive me because they needed, I wanted to, it was accountability, even though they were children, I needed them to know, like, you know, when you grow up with the whole, you know, stop crying before I give you something to cry about and, you know, do that again. And you're going to be scraping yourself off the wall and just things like that, where there was no grace. And I can see now that it was, it was a, it was a lack of being able to cope with her own emotions that 
didn't leave space for mine, but I was trying to open that space for my girls because I couldn't stop myself from making not great decisions, no matter how hard I tried. Mm -hmm. I was trying to stay on the upside of beating myself up and not punishing, you know, my family. Like there was a lot of emotional dynamics from, because Amber was 24. I was 24 when Amber was born. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, it's pretty much the rest of my 20s was me running hard at being a different person and creating a different environment. So girls, like how was your relationship uh, with your mom when you were teenagers? That's the time, you know, when you're, you feel like, you know, you know everything and you want to be your own person. Like, was there a little bit of conflict, you know, growing up when you guys started to develop into your own womanhood? Yeah, I would say for um, my mom and I, we had a more tenuous relationship when I hit my teen years. Um, I think that I was hit really hard with some serious emotion and hormone. Like I was all over the place in my formative years. And I'm a more emotional person anyway. So I think it just kind of increased that because we were homeschooled. We were with her all the time. So we were there throughout the day. She was teaching me. She was, you know, being my mom and my teacher. And I think I had some, some learning struggles and we were learning together on how to handle my emotions. So there were a lot of days where we were just crying because we were struggling so much to, to, to handle my emotion and dealing with school and growing up. And, um, it, it was hard. I would say it was, it was really difficult for both of us. Um, you know, because in your teen years, you're changing so mm-hmm. incredibly mm-hmm. quickly, you know, you're getting hit with hormones and your friends are doing things and they're all changing. And so it's just kind of like this onslaught of, of changes. So, um, it was a while before I think we had, you know, like a day that was like, Oh, we've moved past the kind of struggle phase. You know, I think, um, I look back on those years and see that it was, it was better for our relationship to struggle through together and to figure out each other. And she was trying to help me cope because I couldn't Mm -hmm. cope with math or you know writing and you know she was coping with her emotions and so it was very it was tough for both of us during those years and there was a mirror effect somewhat so her I had this idea that if I ran hard at not having anger being the baseline for our home that anger wouldn't be a problem forgetting Mm -hmm. that every person has their own personality so when she struggled with anger which Mm -hmm really was not necessarily, correct me if I'm wrong, directly related with me. No. But because it was a mirror, it was like light flashing back and forth. And I had to keep my head on straight and realize that this wasn't a personal thing, meaning between she and I, and that that was another God thing that I could say, okay, the things we criticize people for, we don't like in other people are often a reflection of something we don't like about ourselves. And so in this particular case with my oldest, Amber, we had some of those, I would say, more challenging traits similar. Mm. So I hadn't mastered it yet. I was a whole lot better by the time she hit her teens. But I had ideas that we wouldn't hit that because I had made different choices. Because you had dealt with yourself, essentially. And I assumed that that would 
mm, kind of yeah. supersede anything, but it did it, you know, <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I had to really not feel like a failure. And I really had to put the rubber where the you put my mouth, money money where my mouth was by saying, I said I wanted to be a mom that would hold a space and not shut her down and not, you know. So I really had to be like Gina Renee. <laughs> Get it together, girl. That's that middle name, huh? That middle name all day, every day. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So what about you, Brooke, um, in it your was, relationship? Our relationship was distinctly different okay. because I I am naturally a uh, compliant person. I, I want to please. So I did mm-hmm. everything I could to not get into trouble. And to fly under the radar. And because my sister and her relationship was so (laughs) challenging, working, like I flew under the radar during those years. Like every struggle that I had, I sort of internalized it. So it wasn't until I was out of my teen years that I started actually having a real relationship with her. I think I think I would say it started maybe um my senior year of high school, I think, is when I started having like trouble interacting with my parents because I had flown under the radar for so long. And then suddenly I was going to be catapulted into adulthood and my parents, you know, have to be parents to me at that time. And because I had kind of yeah been doing my own thing, it was hard to suddenly be faced with the parent actually parenting you again. And so that's when I think I started to have some some rubbing with my mom because typically I would avoid confrontation. But if you know my mom at all, avoiding confrontation is not something that she tolerates for not gonna long. <laughs> not going to happen. Nope. So We're going to have I a would, conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I couldn't run away forever. So, and, and, you know, it does rub off on you. It, it, it took confrontation to get past the confrontation, but that didn't happen mm-hmm. until I was in college, I would say. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, it took a major blow up on my part, which had never happened before. But it I had a screaming match with her. It was really just me screaming at you and crying. But yeah. um, after we both that, cried. we both cried. It yeah. was a lot of crying. But after that, the confrontation, I I started having a better relationship with you. I We started having actual conversations, not just me feeling resentful that I was being parented, which is, of course, it's ridiculous. But, you know, when yeah. you're when you're used to kind of doing your own thing, it's hard to hear input, however wise it is. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And and fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, I'm sure everyone in my family thinks it's unfortunate. Let's just get that out there. <laughs> what? Well. Later on, they might appreciate it, but I, I, I have a philosophy, mm-hmm. which is I would rather have the heart. You know this about me, Amanda. I would rather have the hard conversation and be honest mm-hmm. and feel the pain up front, mm-hmm. yeah, than pretend it's not there and lose the potential, you know, gain from, you know, dealing whatever with the issue. Dealing with the issue because I have not met the avoidance thing being successful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my personality type is to say I'm a peacemaker. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, we're gonna talk about this, and they get Break. like, 
here it comes. But <laughs> honestly, that's the way I started doing things because I realized the only way to get through something painful is to approach it. Like the further you push it back, it's just going to fester and create a blow up. Like, like what happened? Like I, I didn't like that feeling of holding everything back because it creates more problems. If you mm-hmm. just address it head on, which is something that I learned from my mother, you dress it head on. Yeah. It hurts a lot. And you probably will say some things that will injure the other person but the more practice you have addressing things up front, the better you'll get at it. And mm-hmm. the more you'll understand how you react in those kinds of explosive situations. And then you can learn to temper it, which I think we have a mm-hmm. lot. We have way better conversations now because mm-hmm. we're willing to do the hard thing up front. And a side note on that is because I'm an oral processor, most of the time, what comes out is kind of messy and not so hot. Um, it's it's hotter than a hot potato, but not so hot for the person hearing it. <laughs> so um, one of the one of my rules is just say it. And I taught them this when they were young. You just need to say it, and if it comes out wrong, we'll fix it. Because mm-hmm. it's it, it's like Brooke said. It I didn't know how to do that at first. I only knew how to be either passive aggressive or really really sharp tongued, mm-hmm. and I had to learn to curb that. And and because I'm so strong they had to learn to not be afraid to be strong in my presence. Mm-hmm. They will, they're both nodding their heads. <laughs> yes. Trust me. <laughs> I've had to learn to, to, to mentor them, to encourage them not to be afraid. And it's important that they're not afraid of me, that they feel that they can talk to me about anything, because I think that's our, our parental child relationship shifts when they become adults. And that's when I have to respect their decisions Mm-hmm. And who they are, even if we don't agree, which is that next uh, level. I think it's not really parenting. You know, you know what this is. It's it, like you go from parent to kind of like counselor slash advisor, where mm. you, know, you might have wishes as a mom, but that doesn't mean that we're children and that we need to obey them for our right. safety or for our well-being because it's the responsibility is- of the choice falls on our shoulders now. Yeah. So mm. obedience changes to. Um, partnership. Yeah, I like that. See, we go from parent to partnership. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that that itself has been a a journey. I think partially because of my strong personality, it may have taken us longer mm-hmm. at times because I've had to keep telling them, "I promise you, you can talk to me." And they're like, oh, "I don't know. <laughs> You're not gonna make it. Are you sure?" <laughs> so when did when do you guys think that you had the the shift from parent to partnership or even starting to develop a friendship with your mom and in really enjoying time with her when did that come interestingly enough I feel like I did I've done my most growing as an adult in the last five years or so Hmm. and it's that was one of the the lies of adulthood is like once you were 18, you were suddenly an adult. And then when you reach 25, surely you're done learning. And it's, it's all a lie. You learn till you die. So, all lies. <laughs> these last five years, I feel like I, me and her did significant work mm-hmm. and it took work. It took conscious effort to be, be humble, to not take offense, not let my pride get a hit. 
for being advised by my mother, trying to shift from we're trying to come to the best, most wise decision together. She's not against me. She loves me. She's trying to help me mm-hmm. go into life with with some tools at my disposal that she didn't have because she's been so vocal about her childhood and how she grew up. That's definitely tempered my view mm-hmm. of the advice that she gives me because I know where she's coming from. I see the wisdom in what she's saying because she's experienced because of what she has experienced. So I, I've, I had to work really hard to remember where mm-hmm. she's coming from, where the heart is at, where her heart is at. Cause I know how much she loves us and that's where her heart is. So everything she says, whether it's right or wrong is coming from a place of love. And that yeah. has helped, helped me a lot, uh, have better conversations mm-hmm. with her because I was able to see it as we're not fighting we shouldn't be fighting. We're trying to understand each other and, and understand that we are trying to move forward together. Um, as, as that friendship side of things, like she's not telling me what to do. She's advising because of, of the love. And it's, it was an interesting transition and it still is a little Mm -hmm. bit of a transition because you know, you never, you don't ever stop growing. So yeah. And I don't know if you ever stop feeling like, the child to the parent. Like, I think my, Mm. my, the burden of responsibility is on me to keep releasing them and telling them I'm releasing them, but you were going to say something. Yeah. I I think the, the parent to partnership for me, what I felt like was really delayed because I'm the oldest. I was the firstborn. So I tend to be a little bit more rule following and I'm trying, you know, was trying to, you know, be good and do what my parents asked me to, even if I really didn't want to. And, you know, changing from it's their decision to my decision, it it was kind of a challenge for me. I think I, Mm -hmm. I hit, I think, I think it was about 25. I was like, I need to start, you know, saying, no, I I think I want to make this decision for myself. So I think there are probably people who start that like right at 18. They're like, no, you don't get to advise me anymore. But I definitely fell under the you're still my mom, you're still my mom and really mm-hmm. trying to, you know, obey, if you will, um, her wishes and her, you know, respecting her, right. um, thank you, authority, you know, because she is a stronger personality. And I think that that kind of comes with it. There are probably, you know, other people who found it easier to be partners with their mothers because maybe they weren't as strong, you know? So, um, you know, I don't resent it at all. You know, I, it's one of those things where, everyone has a different life experience. Everyone has a different path and a journey and they all learn mm-hmm. something different, you know, no matter how old you are. But, um, I think the partnership for, for me started later. Yeah. And, and I, I believe like my dad, he was a very strong individual, right. Mm-hmm. And uh, everybody looked up to him, but he had a very, uh, larger than life personality. He was very strong. He had a rough life. Um, he loved us, but he was very authoritarian and I too had to make a decision in my twenties because he would be like, you know, so rah, rah, rah. And I know he was coming from a place of love, right? Yeah. Still the way that he communicated was a little rough and I had to make a decision. And it's hard because you you're walking that tightrope, right? Like you want to respect your parents. You love them. You don't want to hurt their feelings, but yet you need to stand your own ground because you're an adult. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. it's hard to make that decision, right? Like, I'm not mm-hmm. trying to disrespect you, but I'm trying to live my life too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yes. Respectfully disagree. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, you know, 
But back to that, that transition is, as God revealed to me, hey, maybe your daughters are afraid to say this to you. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're feeling intimidated. Um, I, I, again, pushed conversations that were uncomfortable, I think, to let them know. I tried to lead that conversation when, it, when I became aware of it. You know, and we have conversations on different things going forward, Mm -hmm. you know, just so that, you know, simple things like, okay, eat when you want, do what you want. You don't have to tell me where you're at all the time because you get into a rhythm of just communicating with each other and just finding those little shifts that create that feeling of independence for them from me and and being okay with that because I didn't have that with my mom. Right. You know, and so it was normal. <clears throat> for me to be like, hey, mom, I'm doing this. Hey, mom, I'm doing that. I don't see it as a as a, an overarching like power thing. I see it as respect. But then I begin to look at things from my from my daughter's view, if I can, and think, you know, but if it's not helpful, you can trust the Lord for their safety. And if there's something, you know, if they're not going to be home, they just say, hey, mom, we're going straight somewhere. That's fine. Mm-hmm. So there's like these little micro shifts. I think we're always making. Yeah, I think um, one of the things that it makes it so difficult, especially as a conservative Christian woman, is there's this idea that if you're a girl, you stay home under your parents' house till you get married, then you move out. So it, it's almost like we had to figure out within our own home what it looked like for us to be independent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I feel like sometimes the conservative can be like, no, you, you're still under your parents, you know, authority. Mm-hmm their authority, even though you're an adult at home, you know, Mm -hmm. and, but then there's this double standard of like, you know, guys can go up and leave whenever they want to and make their own decisions. And it's like, well, why can't we have that as well? Where we're able to take our lives into our hands because God has not blessed us with a relationship. We're both single. I'm Mm -hmm. almost 30. I don't want to be at home for the rest of my life. That's a burden on my parents. I mean, I don't think they would say it would be, but it would be hard. Because there's things that they want to do. There's things that I want to do, you know, as much of a blessing as it is to be at home, you know, I think that there are, there are things that challenges to it, you know, Mm -hmm. being Mm -hmm. four adults in one space. And it does alter the relationship because we are in contact all, not all day, every day, but every day we come in contact and that, that alters how we react to each other because we are all adults trying to deal with our individual problems and then having to learn how to still be respectful and find that Mm -hmm. line between how much is how much can I have autonomy and then how much should I be putting into the relationships Mm -hmm. and keeping them forged so yeah and really as a as a as a mom I I don't know if you understand this feeling but it's like as a parent I don't get tired of spending time with my kids but I do think that my daughters as adults want space from me. And I think that's normal and natural, Mm -hmm. but because of life circumstances, they were going to move out with friends and that friend all of a sudden decides to get married and things start to happen. Yeah. Life changes, quarantine hits and their goals and dreams are put on hold. Mm -hmm. So I try to not bother them so that they don't feel that pressure in the home because we don't live in a huge house. Mm-hmm. And we don't want them to feel unwelcome, but they also like, I understand as human beings, you know, we're parents, they're not our possession. They're another right. person God has given us the 
privilege of raising. And now they have to make decisions and they need to have that autonomy. And how do you do that as four adults in a house? So that's really our ongoing journey at this point, knowing full well what their heart's desires are. And right now that opportunity for them doesn't happen to be present. Finding those boundaries is is being tough, I Mm -hmm. think. What you were asking about is, you know, like, you know, talking about our desires, you know, like, what would make you feel independent? You know, where's that line for you? I think that's a line of conversation that my mom has opened up a lot. It's like, you know, where's that line? Mm -hmm. I'm your mother, but you're an adult now. So where would you like me to put that line? And then we have a conversation and we can lay down that line. If it needs to change later, we can go back to it. So definitely for us, you know, communication is key even if it's hard, even if it's, you know, unwanted or whatever, it's definitely something that makes that transition. Mm -hmm. And I was just about to say, like, communication is key. It sounds like in your relationship and that's how you're able to um, function in your household is that you guys communicate with each other. And it's a lot of recalibrating, right? Like things Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Some days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a lot of that. (laughs) (laughs) one of the things that's been a blessing um, because they have spent more time with me as a parent than some kids because I homeschooled them and I coached their sports and I just really love being a part of their life and and I have to pull back and allow this but we travel really well together the three of us I see we 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 do really well together yeah it's we're a good, we're a good traveling troop, the three of us. And so some of the blessings of um, trusting the relationship, you know, not carrying forward the fears or the whatnots from the past with my mom and, and empowering them has been really one of the greatest blessings, I think. And the girls can talk about that too, you know, how they feel about, you know, empowerment or, or their relationship. Cause you know, they've, they've lived with an, an oral processor. So anything that runs through my mind generally comes out of my mouth. Generally. (laughs) 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 Name one moment (laughs) where that didn't happen. (laughs) I love you. That's what made us who we are today. Yeah. Yeah. Hilarious. So let's talk about what do you guys love about your mom? What do you love about her? All right. So what I, (laughs) what I love best about my mom is, is the fact that she is so open for communication. Mm -hmm. Um, because I struggled with communicating growing up. I didn't want to speak my mind because I was afraid of hurting feelings or I was afraid of getting into trouble or I was afraid of X, Y, Z, you name it. I was afraid of it. So she had to really push me to talk and that blow up moment taught me that she, she was right. Like you need to be able to talk about it, to get through it, to get Mm -hmm. to a smoother place. And that confrontation isn't always a bad thing. Sometimes it's the most necessary part of Mm -hmm. the process. Um, So that has been for me, the number one thing is learning how to communicate, not just communicate, but in a healthy way, because her way is to oral process and it is to spit it out right away. But mm-hmm. for me, I I had to take that and learn how to process all of her oral processing, yeah. be able to figure it out in my head and then return it 
so that I didn't create more of a problem so that we could actually have a, a healthy conversation because it the way I communicate is so different from mm-hmm. the way you do. They, my sister and my mom communicate so mm-hmm. similarly, which is also, I think, why there is that has been that struggle. Um, is that they're the same communication style, which makes it hard sometimes. Um, and for me, I, I've, because I grew up with two of the same communication style, I had to, I had double the practice learning how to communicate. So, um, so communication is number one for me. Um, but also she instilled in us independence from the get go, which the thing that I appreciated about it is because as my sister mentioned, we've been, we're both single. And if I had been timid about that, if I had thought of myself as only complete, if I have a relationship, where would I be right now? Because Mm -hmm. God has, has us in a space where we are doing everything, you know, on our own without, without a relationship. So that independence taught me how to go after things, um, without fear of, um, doing it alone because Mm -hmm. we are doing so much of our life alone and God has blessed us with this space. Sometimes it doesn't feel like a blessing, but you know, a lot of the times there's a lot of great things about being single. And if I hadn't been taught to pursue things Mm -hmm. and do things alone, I can't even imagine what my life would be like how much I'd be missing out on because another mm. thing that I love about my mom is she's she wants to appreciate the moment and she is instilled that in me and that every moment is a precious gift and there's something to appreciate in every moment if you just sit back and relax and, and look around you instead of keeping your head down or keeping your eye on some distant thing like oh one day I'll get a relationship and that's the thing I'm working towards and that'll be the only thing that'll make me happy but instead sitting back and focusing on what do I have in this moment, being grateful for being grateful for the singleness, being grateful for the opportunity to grow in this place, because I have learned so much about myself in the last five years about how I do react when I am in a relationship and how I can grow better as a, as a friend, as a sister, as a, as a daughter. And, Mm -hmm. um, So I think gratitude is the other side of things. She taught us to be grateful for the things that we have because it, it comes to our attention a lot that we don't have a relationship that's very usual. It's a very unusual thing to see. I think mothers and daughters so close as we are, like we finish each other's sentences and we we finish each other's sandwiches. Which is also true, but <laughs> guilty, guilty. But you know, so um, <laughs> needless to say, we have learned a lot. Um, I've learned a lot of a lot of wonderful things from my mother about independence and being grateful and um, taking charge of your own life and learning how to communicate. I think those are all of the key things for me that helped me grow into. Mm-hmm. the person that I am right now. That's beautiful, Brooke. What about you, Amber? Um, one of the things that my mom and I actually just had this conversation the other day. That, surprise, surprise. <laughs> what about that? Um, is I, I appreciate greatly is her honesty. Yeah. Um, I think that 
there's a school of thought that, you know, parents should hide kind of their problems behind closed doors and not burden their kids and not worry their kids. And I think that that's not necessarily a great thing. I think one of the things that I've appreciated by my mom is that she is honest about her real life struggles with relationships, with friends, with people, with just everyday issues. And Mm -hmm. being able to see that you're not alone in your struggles, Mm -hmm. that somebody who is an adult, I guess a more adult than me. I don't know. (laughs) Adult plus plus, adult plus plus. Uh, You know, still struggles with the things that I'm struggling now. It's like, you know, Um, I think that sometimes the honesty can kind of pop the illusion of reality for you a little bit, which can be hard to deal with, you know, like, oh, I thought I was going to be friends with this person forever. Well, that's naive. You know, you that's kind of how you are when you're a kid, but being able to talk openly and honestly about what relationships really look like, what life really looks like. And it, it gives, it, it feels like it, it set me up for success, at least to face life with mm-hmm. open eyes and, with a little bit less of, you know, rose coat glasses, I guess, you know. Yeah. And not in a pessimistic way. I think that if, I think that um, for me, I needed to be able to see the world as it was because I tend to put on the rose colored glasses and just hope for the best. And I really hope that this is as nice as I think it is. And then you get to the end, you're like, well, that sucked because I didn't see the problems <laughs> that could have come. Yeah. But I think for me, I love that about my mom because she's just like, I, I, struggling with this I'm like oh oh I didn't know that you could still struggle with this you know mm-hmm. um, and another thing is kind of piggybacking off of what Brooke said is um that independence that she instilled in us but more specifically going out and trying things and not being afraid to try mm-hmm. something and fail yeah. mm-hmm. and just going you don't know you haven't tried it yet you know I think my mom mm-hmm. was kind of a wizard if you will when she was <laughs> younger she just tried everything and it yeah. didn't work out You shall not pass. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a little protective, but (laughs) (laughs) but um, you know, she. I watched her try things and and not really lose heart and go. You know, that didn't work out the way I wanted to. I'll try again. I'll try again. And I think that tenacity really inspired me to be the same. You know, I think I love that she is that person that goes, why not? You haven't tried it. You know, as long as you're not putting yourself in harm's way or other people in harm's way, you know, not doing anything illegal, try it. (laughs) (laughs) True. I did say that. If it's not illegal, (laughs) why why not? Yeah. I think it's, it's opened up my ability to, to see the world and possibilities for my own life in in a bigger space than I would have, you know, being like, you know what? I've never, I, I can't even think of an example at the moment, but I've never tried that thing over there. You know, I find myself saying that to my friends. How do you know? You haven't tried it. Try it. I'm telling all my friends to try things, you know? So I think <laughs> that I love that it feels like a world of possibilities because of the way my mom approached life. So it's one of the things, one of the things that I love about her. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I love about that about her too. Like she's like, Hey, try it out. See what happens. <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh-huh. I think I will. <laughs> you thanks. just need that little push, right? Yeah, thanks, <laughs> Mom. I, ha- I have to say that one of the interesting things about our the relationship between the three of us, I just, who did I yell at the other day? I was yelling across the house. Yeah. Brooks, oh. Somebody said something to me and I was like, hey, 
quit giving me my own advice. Yes. Because I was yes. heading to the bathroom. I was like, hey, that's not fair. <laughs> I really have two of the best counselors and confidants in my daughters because mm. we have had good communication and they they are wise. I mean, none of us are perfect. So that's not the standard. The standard is, can we be better than we were? And how can we help each other to be better? And I feel like the blessing for me in doing all of the work I needed to do and being imperfect in their presence and admitting to it has allowed us to have this relationship where um, I benefit now from their wisdom and their advice. They're like my supporters and counselors. So within my own family, I have people that I can trust who will be honest with me. You know, they don't just go, oh, mom. They're like, you know, and I'm like, oh, why did I teach them that? Why did you have to be honest? I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Brooke. Brooke will be like, well, you're the one who told me that. She literally calls me out. This one. This one, the non-communicator. Hey, you did that too. <laughs> See? <laughs> so the, role, the moral of the story is don't teach them something you don't want them to sling back at you later. <laughs> You want that mirror, mama? <laughs> Let me just hold this in front of you for a second. All right. <laughs> we'll have a little bit of glee as we do it. Rude. Rude. Oh guys, I love oh. you guys' relationship. So um, if you could drop any uh, gems, as I like to call them, uh, advice uh, for you girls, for other young women that are still growing and maturing and they are either living at home or they may have a relationship with their mom that may be a little challenging. Um, Speak to those young women. What kind of advice can you give to them? Whatever you feel from your heart. We keep going back to it, but communication, Mm -hmm. the hardest thing to do, the hardest thing to start. I can't tell you how many times that I my heart was pounding, my voice was shaking, tears were in my eyes, but I knew that if I didn't get what was on my heart off of it, that it would come back to haunt me. It would it would mm-hmm. fracture that relationship worse. If you really truly have a desire to have a good relationship with your mother, obviously we don't all have the same mothers. However, Communication is the only way to even figure out how to better communicate. You have to do it ugly. You have to do it painfully Mm, before you can get to the Mm. space where it's comfortable and safe and useful. Like you do have to mess up. You have to mess up as you talk. You have to cry a little, cry a lot. You have to, (laughs) there's a lot of crying that goes on, but I if you do that work, if you really truly want that relationship, that's where you have to start. You have to find out if you really want to fix this, you have to fix that in your heart. That has to be the purpose of the communication. I want to fix this relationship. I need to communicate that. And everything that I say needs and needs to gear towards fixing that relationship and growing. Mm -hmm. Because that's also an issue that I've had in the past is you can't communicate angry. Mm. You you can do it angrily, but if the purpose is to hurt the other person, you're just to say something to make them feel how badly they have hurt you, that will get you nowhere. Yeah. 
you have to come at it with that heart of, I want this to be better. Maybe it'll come out ugly. Maybe it will come out angry, but I'm going to learn from that. I'm going to try to communicate. I want this to be better. And that's the purpose of the conversation. So for me, that has just been the biggest impact that come at it with the heart of growing the relationship and really wanting it to improve. And yeah, it'll be ugly, but it will. I promise you (laughs) those rough edges will smooth out. You'll get into, you'll start to understand each other better. Just because they're your parent doesn't mean they know your heart. And just because you're their kid doesn't mean you understand where they're coming from. Maybe they have insecurities from their childhood that they never shared with you. And that's coloring their interactions with you, but you would never know it unless you got the ugly stuff out of the way and figured out, oh, maybe they see something in me that they saw in their parents and they are afraid of that, which is why they're lashing out. And you won't know until you talk about it. So that's true. That is my little nugget of wisdom. (laughs) Do with it. Do with it. But you will feel the glow. Yes. That's, that's, that's great advice though. I mean, you know, you gotta, you have to get it out. You can't go around and keep, you know, uh, packing, you know, all those emotions and feelings. And then, like you said, it will manifest into other things. Yeah. 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 It'll be dynamite. That's what it was for me. It just Mm. one day that ignited and I didn't even know where it come from and I, and I couldn't stop it until it was over. And that was like the moment I realized if you do not communicate, this will happen again and you will hurt the other person more and i didn't want to hurt the other person so yeah Yeah. don't want dynamite you want it's better to just slow burn and spark it out (laughs) like singe singe your eyebrows a little bit that's okay like have to pat out some flames but don't let it explode (laughs) all right <laughs> Communication is fire. That's, I guess that's what's in my head right now. Burning man. I don't yeah. know. Like, what's going on? <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Um, I, I think for me, um, because the bulk of my communication with my mom happened more in my teen years, and, and we haven't had as much um, conflict as myself as an adult. Um, something that I would probably would tell my younger self is it's okay to draw that line of wanting to make your own decisions and standing in those. I think that sometimes it can feel very disrespectful because your parents want what's best for you. And they tend to sit in the seat of, I know what's best. And sometimes it's hard to say, well, yes, but I'd like to try this on my own. So I think that for me, um, remembering that it's okay to try things on your own, to want to make those decisions for yourself, you know, and, and honoring your parents by communicating and saying, I respect, you know, your decision, but Mm -hmm. I would very much, you know, I'm going to do this the way I want to for now. I know you love me, but I, you know, I think life is messy. And, and I think something that my mom really wanted to do was protect us from the messy bits of life but you can't grow if you don't go through those you know I think that sometimes that growth and the maturity comes with trying things on your own regardless of the you know the whatever advice you were given against it you know Mm -hmm. sometimes you have to stick your finger in the socket to know that you yeah, it does electrocute you they said it would I didn't believe them but I'm gonna try anyways (laughs) you know I think that that 
you know, becoming a partner with your parents is a hard thing to do and something that is been difficult to get through, but remembering that it's okay mm-hmm. to be your own to person, be your own person mm-hmm. and to stand in that, you know, and to go, I believe this is the right thing for me right yeah. now. I could be wrong. That's my choice. And, and I think for my mom was something I think was hard for her. I'm not going to speak for you, but you know, the, my choices no longer reflect on her as an adult. Every choice I make now reflects on me mm-hmm. and not my parents and how she parented us or the things mm-hmm. that she taught us. You know, I think mom like to take on the uh, responsibility of the things that are not yours to take responsibility for that's also a little thing that you do yeah (laughs) i'm working on it you are because but here's the thing it for those of you who are parents who might be listening to this Mm -hmm. um the the wit the the line that needs to be drawn and i keep coming back to this and it's an ongoing you know thing to do which obviously Mm -hmm. i haven't mastered yet is remembering that you are not your children and your children are not you Mm -hmm. Not when they're little, not when they're teenagers, not when they're adults. And and a healthy relationship is going to allow space for that difference to exist. Yeah. Without resentment and without a judgment. Because sometimes we don't agree on something, but the thing is neither bad nor good. It's just preference. Yeah. yeah. It you know, and so. We've had those conversations. And so I think if you're a parent who's listening, I think we, if we have done all we can, and most moms do, whether it's a good job or not a good job, you kind of got to trust them with their mm-hmm. life. Because I've already lit, what am I, this is my philosophy. I've already made my choices. And, and so I didn't tell them what to do with their life. Like you have to go to college, you have to get a degree, you've got to do this or whatever, because I don't know what God has for their life. Yeah. I, I have the time, don't know, even know what he has for mine. So I ain't got time <laughs> to be planning their life when I still figure in mine out. So you right. have to allow those lives, like they said, to be messy mm-hmm. and to just love and support and hold a space for each other. It has mm-hmm. to be safe at home. That's how I feel. Yeah. When you're going out and you're making decisions on your own, it, it, there's a comfort in knowing that when I, when I'm ready for advice, I will come to her for it. But if, she were to enforce it and enforce it, that would just drive me away. And that could spur on worse decisions or bad decisions. But having that safe space at home allows me to go, hey, you know, I thought I had, you know, this in mind, but it didn't really work out the way I wanted it to. What do you think? And then that's the partnership that comes in from that change where she can go, well, mm-hmm. this is what I think, you know, and advising me because I've been asked, you know, to, to, to ask for that kind of guidance you know so not being judged is not the right word but not being like harshly looked upon at home gives Mm. me that freedom to make decisions and that trust goes she's i trust you know that my daughter will make these decisions uh, good decisions whatever they might be you know and it it kind of gives you confidence that whatever decision you make you know could be the right one you know if you feel like it is the right one i think knowing that she supports me and loves me gives me that confidence to make yeah. decisions out there and back to the parent advising is not telling your kids what to do mm-hmm. we got to watch that line and children advising is not telling you what to do <laughs> to remember that because sometimes it can feel like 
you're being told what to do because the adult has so much more experience. The adult saying that <laughs> you're we're adults. We are an adults. adult. I'm an adult. I'm an adult. We're having a moment here. Yeah. They're coming to grips with their adulthood <laughs> right in front of you. I, I see. I went into it so smoothly. I didn't realize I was there. <laughs> you're not awarded a sign. Yeah. Welcome to adulthood. Sticker you know? of accomplishment. <laughs> adulthood. Good job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's hard. This is the one thing that is hard where it's like, Mm-hmm. You have been told by someone wiser than you with more life experience that this is not going to work out for you. <laughs> will but you do it? Will you? <laughs> and now as the adult, you, you have to decide, am I still going to do it? Because, and the thing is to remember that your parent has to trust you, that they yeah. have given you the foundation to make the wisest decision, yeah. even if they don't see it. It could be the right decision because we each have mm-hmm. in our individual desires. Our relationship with God is mm-hmm. so different and mm-hmm. he might be leading you in a direction that your parent cannot see. True. And it is your responsibility to decide, is this something that I am supposed to be guided towards? Contrary to what my primary caretaker <laughs> me. And that's a scary step because if you make a mistake and you fall and you fall bad, that is on you. And your parent now has the right to lord it over you. Nope. If nope. they want to. She won't. Nope. She wouldn't. But they could. And that's a slight. She, 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 the, the knowledge that it was like, dang it. It really drives her bananas. Yes. They, but yeah, that is a, a very difficult distinction sometimes. Like yeah, the, where the wisdom ends and the self, like the personal responsibility begins. Like I've received the wisdom. I have received it my entire life. Let's see if I am using it well in this direction. Is it still wisdom? Is it still wisdom or folly? I will find out when I'm uh, falling or, you know, wising. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> we are homeschooled. <laughs> Y'all <are> so funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, listen, I thank you guys so much for your time. I thank you for your wisdom, all of your adult wisdom. Man, you guys have been um so helpful for our listeners, especially for the young women in so many different ways about having your own voice and, and making sure you check in with yourself and, and saying how you feel. And then also not feeling, uh, that you have to put your life on hold because you don't have a partner or a relationship that you can still live your life and, and still be independent and still, you know, have a relationship with God. That's a great relationship, but still living your life until that happens, Mm -hmm. if that's your choice. And I love that. And then Gina, of course, about you, you know, constantly growing still as a mom, going from parent to partner, which I love. And you probably should do a podcast on that yourself, uh, which would be pretty awesome because I think it's really hard for parents to make that shift and we want us, we want so much to see our kids shine and, and be the best them that they can be. But ultimately it is their life and their own decisions that mm-hmm. they have to make. Cause we all have a choice, right? You choose what yeah. you want to be. Yeah. And I'm just here to support you and love you through it. So, yeah. um, even if I don't agree with it, I still love you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, well, there is listen. no contract that says, you mm-hmm. know, that 
they have to be little mini me's. I mean, that would, yeah. that that's not the point, you know? Yeah. That's you, so want true. To, you want to help them become their best selves, whatever that is. Yeah. And it's going to look different because they're not us. Exactly. Yeah. So, so before we go and we say goodbye, summer's coming, you know, everything's opening it up. Where y'all going for vacation? I know y'all always going somewhere. So where y'all going this summer? <laughs> well, the truth is that uh, I took them away for 15 days and their boss was like, so grateful when they came back. She's like, don't do that again soon. Don't, okay. Don't leave. <laughs> oh my gosh. So maybe uh, we're looking at maybe October, but uh, yeah. we have to get through some figure out some details and we're planning on taking a week in October. Okay. Do you guys know where you're going? Hopefully Disney world. Yeah. Oh. Got a little, got a little uh, untangling of things to handle uh, with Disney world. I can't get through to them, but once mm-hmm. I speak to a, a breathing, living human, I think communicate. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully we'll get that to the other side. <laughs> a good, healthy communication session. We'll figure it out. Right. We'll get to Disney World. <laughs> That's the plan. The plan. Disney World. And maybe some, we have a national park pass and mm-hmm. um, I bought it and put my name on it. And then Brooke's going to sign it. And that way the girls can go take it. And so we'll probably do mini trips throughout the summer. Yes. The two of them. Weekend kind of thing. Yeah. No, we're big. Beach yeah. trip. Joshua Tree. I have plans. I don't know about you, but I guess I'm dragging you along with it with me. (laughs) Maybe Yosemite, it's close enough, you know? So there's lots of things. If they have a good weekend, they can take that National Park Pass again. I bought it in mine so that we could go all four or we could go in teams of two or whatever. So yeah. Still awesome. working it out, friend, until the day we die, I think. That's right. You guys are like uh Thelma and Louise, but we need a third name. Um Thelma. You remember Agnes? Agnes? <laughs> Thelma, Louise, and Agnes. Agnes. I'm Agnes. <laughs> Self-appointed. <laughs> okay, Agnes. We're all Amanda, we are all in. I see. You are all in. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me tonight. And I really appreciate you guys. And I can't wait to see uh, all of the Instagram posts and stories of your upcoming adventures. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us, Amanda. All right. Take care, guys.